That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Hello and welcome to Content Incapable, where I try to figure out what it really means to adult. This week I sat down with my brothers William and James and we chatted all about Christmas in Australia, how it's different, how it's the same, and the importance that Christmas has to us and our family. Welcome to Content Incapable. It's finally nice to A, see you, William, in person, and B, to have both of you on the podcast at the same time. Gang, gang. Um, do you want to introduce yourselves? The gang is back together. The gang is back together. My name's Will. Or Will. Or, or Will. Or Will. Or William. Um, I'm Sam's uh, um, younger brother. I'm the cool oldest. Yeah. I disagree, but that's okay. Um, um, and, and James, what's your name? Oh, I don't know. Um, Bob. <laughs> uh, I'm James. If, if the, those Australians who may not realise, the vast majority of my, our listeners come from the Northern Hemisphere. And that's a big thanks to Christina, obviously, for allowing me to be a part of the Movie Night Crew Network. I really appreciate it. However... What that means is they have no idea what Christmas is like down here. For context, it's very very hot. We've come to visit William uh, as, as like a bit of a weekend get a, getaway. It's on approach to Christmas. We're about two weeks out. Uh, the temperature at the moment, if I can find the blooming app, um, is da 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 twenty six point nine degrees Celsius. That's cold. Nice. And that's cold. It's supposed to be thirty seven tomorrow and thirty nine on Monday. Yes. So that's getting close to 100 degrees. Well, next Friday and Saturday, it's 42. Anyway, needless to say, zero snow. Zero snow. We're in the middle of the desert at the moment. Uh, It's been great. My lungs are so much better for being in the middle of the desert. I think I should move out here. That's another another, um, discussion to have. But... It, you know, in a, in the Northern Hemisphere, because it is wintertime in the Northern Hemisphere and summertime in the Southern Hemisphere, Christmas is experienced very differently. So, I'm going to give you a challenge. I want you both to try to describe what Christmas in Australia is like in ten words or less. Ten words. Ah, <sighs> oh boy. Weird silence. Um, I'll go first, then. Portuguese custard tarts. That's just our family. <laughs> that is just our family. But uh, they're the best. Um, I was, I'll go. I'll go. Water. Sun. Weirdly hot outfits. Uh, I'm, we're all counting on our fingers just very differently. It's it's hilarious. Um, lots of alcohol. Good times. Santa in a singlet driving a rusty ute with presents. <laughs> William, try to describe Australian Christmas in ten words or less. It's like those. It's like those competitions we had saw on TV as a kid. In two hundred and fifty words or less, describe why you want this. Ah, uh, yes. Just so that any kid who wants it uh, can't be bothered to get it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it in ten words or less. They can't count. <laughs> this is what happens when you become a tradie. <laughs> uh, Christmas is when you can look on marketplace. For all the things you want and not buy them because you think somebody else will buy it for you. It's but like the time of year where you have the spare time to look at things and you're like, I want to buy this. And I realize that someone could buy it for you as a present. 
And as we were discussing before, we've probably started recording. Then you forget to tell people that you want it. <laughs> it's a bit annoying. Um, okay, well, we might jump right into the questions. So I've asked everyone on Instagram uh, and Twitter and on the Movie Night Crew Network Discord. If you're not a part of the Movie Night Crew Network Discord, I highly go, I highly suggest you go and check out either My Cabbages of the Eldest Gods or um, the Restricted Sections Patreons. For only a dollar a month, you can be a part of um, the Discord. Maybe in the future, probably not next year, but um, maybe we will have a... Um, um, sorry, I just saw a message. Maybe we'll have a, uh, a Patreon, but... Look, um, I'm not expecting to put one up quite yet. One dollar a year? No, one dollar a month is twelve dollars a year. Yeah, it's nice. That's Best like, bargain you'll get. That's like three coffees. Hey, or a really expensive one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if I if if a coffee was twelve dollars, it better be pretty darn yeah. good. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so one of the first questions I've got, um, and actually one of the most common ones, because I think. Um, a couple of people asked this question. Uh, so, shout out to Christina. And I think Adele asked this one. Let me check. Yeah, Adele asked, also asked this one. Adele asked on Instagram. Christina asked on Discord. But um, ha, do you, does it feel weird when you hear Christmas songs talking about snow, knowing it's really, really hot? No. feels patronizing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, those are two very different reactions. James, do you care to elaborate why it doesn't feel weird? Uh, because it's Christmas music. Uh, I put up for it for one month of the year. You can, you could talk about anything you like. You could talk about blueberry muffins for all I care. Uh, you, you, you Christmas lovers, uh, get to, get to have your, your say for exactly one month. And I'll complain about it for the other 11. Wow. Okay. Probably only two months, October and November, to be honest. Wow, we've just established James as the Grinch. Oh, no. Gosh. William, why do you... Why Why is your opinion valid? I like snow. I like... I, I went skiing a while ago and I've um, been hiking in Tasmania before and so I really like snow and I'm just like, I wish it snowed here at Christmas. That would be nice. Especially... I'm a bit confused as to why, you know, um, school's backwards here for the uh, America, for the Northern Hemispherians. Yeah. So, but my personal views on that is why would the shorter holiday be in summer? That's because I, I, I like snow. Well, so I'd like, I'd like eight weeks of, you know, well, snow holidays. Well, no, because like you got to realize that the American summer is just as, like, if not more hot in some options, you know, in some places, just as hot and just as annoying. That's why they take that time off. Whereas here in, uh, here in Australia, we're on summer holidays, so half the school has gone off on holidays. I don't know. It's, it's weird. I know there's some times where I felt, like, real cosy. Like, the air conditioning's been on, so the room is nice and cool. And we're cleaning the house for Christmas. We're getting ready for Christmas or whatever. And mum puts on, you know, Michael Bublé, as is tradition in most Western nations. Yeah, because Michael Bublé is the only acceptable Christmas album ever. No, Mariah Carey. No, Michael Bublé is the only acceptable Christmas album 
ever. I will not move on that. He's made only one of them. That is the only album you can play for the whole month of December. Uh, okay. Um, but like, <laughs> quickly moving on, because there are many, many, many things we could unpack there. But in that, like, in that aspect, it's, uh, I think we're so used to having songs about snow, almost becomes like a fantasy. Like, we're kind of wishing for like a cooler Christmas. And like, we don't play Christmas music on Christmas Day, do we? On Christmas Day, we eat waffles with everything on top of it. I think snow music, with all saying, oh, we get snow, we get snow, just makes me want to go, to buy, to go and buy ice cream. Well, this is the thing, like, talking about cool things makes you want to go and do cool things. And I think this, this pivots to some of the traditions we have at Christmas time. Like, a lot of Christmas presents end up being pool toys, water guns, and, and things like that. Things to, that kind of keep you cool, um, as well as, you know, are, are fun things to play with. So Water bombs that only last one day. No, no, no. I've had water bombs last up to three years. Um, That's because you were born. Oh, wow. Um, but, you know, I think it's it's very interesting because f- I vividly remember there was a point in time where we were having Christmas with our family. Um, so, for context, my mother's side of the family lives quite local to where our parents live. So, every year we do, we do a big family gathering, whether it's on Christmas Day or Boxing Day, it alternates. Um, and we get together and we kind of, like, bring a whole bunch of food together and we celebrate. And... A couple of years, oh no, last year, it must have been last year, um, there was a water slide uh, and an incident involving some broken ribs uh, with a certain uncle. Uh, I'm very sorry. Uh, it was hilarious. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's a staple of it. You know, you go and swim. We, we through summer, will go and swim in our neighbor's pools. Um, or um, you see videos at school. We used to trade videos. There was some kids who... You stick a you stick a tarp in a circle around the washing line. You get a rope to it, and so one person's on one side, swinging around, spinning the washing line. And someone's on the other side with a rope tied to the washing line, just spinning around, spinning. hanging on for dear life. And then, you know, obviously it gets too fast for them, and they can't hold on. They whoa into the fence. Yeah, <laughs> bang. Um, you know, we we. Christmas Day, I think for most Australians, is all about keeping cool because it's some of the hottest days of the year where you've got, you know, it, for example, in Brisbane, where where we live, it's humid. It, it's a humid city. Uh, it's muggy. It gets up to 35 degrees. Um, there's often a storm that rolls through in the afternoon. Uh, but it's all about keeping cool because... Every other day beforehand, you're stinking hot and you're like, this just sucks, this just sucks. And then, like, Christmas Day is, like, the one day where you splurge. You're like, I'm just going to go and do whatever because I don't have to think about the concept. It's the best of fun, though. There's always there's always a whole bunch of Christmas, New Year's. Mm-hmm. Is it going to rain on Christmas? Is it going to rain? Is it going to storm on Christmas? Is it going to storm on New Year's? It's the best of fun. Yeah. Although, I will say, running up to Christmas when you sing inside, prepping for it, you got the cold air coming on. It's muggy, hot, storming outside. Massive lightning storms. The best, absolute best mm-hmm. to watch a lightning storm seeing inside cold air con. Yeah. The- like, what, what, I think I'm trying to remember because our, our Christmases, 
We've kind of gotten a bit of a routine at the moment. And admittedly, we don't speak for the rest of Australia in terms of like what traditions we have. But, you know, I think from the, the way our Christmas works, we kind of like wake up and we do presents until about nine o'clock-ish. Um, and we, because we there are 10 children in our family, uh, we do a secret Santa thing. So I think this year we're only buying for three other children ourselves. And the kids get an allowance of five dollars for each present, and everyone has to stick to that budget. That's the the rules of the game. It's um, so annoying because the whole point of it. I talked to Mum a while ago. I'm like, I need a bigger budget, and she turned around and you know she's got to give this this money free to these kids uh, to try and spend on stuff. Um, whereas we have our own money, and I'm like, Mum, it really needs to be a twenty dollar limit because I can't buy anything for five dollars. She turned around to me like, you got to be be creative. So I ended up. I had, uh, last year I had dad, and so I ended up using a sewing machine and sewing up some stuff for him, and you know, it, um, <laughs> as much as I kind of turned around to mum and dad and was like, this is silly, really made us, you know, be more yeah. creative. I think the way that we do presents, it's very different to an American family where, like, just, I don't know, Australian. The, yeah. Well, no, it, just in the movies, it seems like there's heaps of presents, even for like, you know, two or three children. Whereas, you know, yes, we have a lot of presents that end up underneath the Christmas tree and it's, um, it's a lot, but you know, in the end I'll get three gifts plus a stocking with some small, small gifts that mum has bought and a book. Mum, mum's tradition is she gives a, a book to each of us, uh, every year. Um, and, and then we get a more expensive gift, uh, that our grandmother has helped pay for. Uh, and that's it. That's that's all the gifts we get. We don't get a huge amount. And while it kind of feels amazing, like, it, it, you know, to someone who may get heaps and heaps of gifts, it may feel like not a lot. We don't get much more for our birthdays, really. And, yeah. It, like, really, it, yeah. it really makes the presents that you do get more special. Yeah. I've, I've found, like, one of my best presents I've probably ever gotten was that book that mum... Mum found um, because it's just it makes it it reminds me of um, like uh, a sort of a, a minimalistic approach. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it makes the 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 smaller amount of them. I'm sure this isn't like an Australian thing. I'm sure this is just our family thing. But it makes it the the small the less amount of presents make what we do get special. But I think it's really dis difficult to transition between lots of presents yeah. to few presents. And having the kids like buy presents for us really teaches them on what good gift gifting looks like and, and, and then being able to implement that in practice. So, you know, we put a lot of us as older kids probably put a lot more thought into the presents that we buy for our siblings. And, you know, the younger kids probably don't quite understand the whole process but, like, looking at it and then watching us, you know, uh, I think I spent 20 minutes in Big W the other day agonising over whether I should buy a Unisec for my brother. And I'm not going to buy it for him. Um, but, it, you know, it really made me think the other day. I'm like, wow, I do really, like, care a lot about, you know, the presents I give to my siblings because I only I know that they're only going to get X amount. Um. I think it would be very interesting, though, to take a step back. <clears throat> so this all started, our $5 limit started back when this would kind of make sense to any parent who's listening. 
you know, you spend, if you have two or three kids, you spend a little while, you know, agonizing over what you want to get these kids. But our parents up until, up until six children. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was when child number six was two. She, uh, mum turned around to us and she's like, you guys can buy each other presents. I'll give you money. You guys can buy each other presents because I don't know what to get you guys. I think at that point I was like 14, 15 and trying, and you know, my present giving game has gotten a lot better since, but trying to figure out what do my siblings want and, you know, and then it's like learning to ask the subtle questions to figure out exactly what they want as well. I think it's 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 a very interesting skill to learn. Anyway, quickly moving on. Works different on different people though. Yeah, because I'm still shit at giving gifts. Talking about the whole gifts thing, do you, do we have a different kind of Christmas tree? And this is from Charlie. So uh. Charlie, Charlie and I, you know, chat quite often, and I, I I I understand where this question is coming from, but I don't think we do. What are we talking? We, well, it depends because a Christmas tree to me is not what it is it's where you get it from so the town we grew up in in brisbane um was along the highway it was quite a substantial the town was there because it was along the highway uh similar to how a town is along a river because there's a river there um so our town was along there and i don't know whether it's i don't think it's the same in other places but our next to our highways a lot and lot of pine plantations because pine is a very good wood. So there's a lot of pine along our highways. They chopped down a bunch of these pine trees and didn't replant them and they put a town there. So our where we lived, there was a lot of like, you know, pine saplings sitting around. So our Christmas involved going around to some random pines that were had sprouted up on the side of the road because there's a bunch of pine seeds around. I don't know how pine trees grow. But like, you know, you'd go with a bush saw out with dad with the car, take a trailer when we had a family car, and then we got um we got a Found an empty empty set stretch of road, a random pine tree next to said empty stretch of road. Dad would bring out his bush saw and he'd cut it down and put it in the car and we'd drive home. And we put it in a bucket full of rocks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was our pine tree admittedly, this was we weren't the richest family at the time and so it was like a christmas tree on a budget but it was still a pine tree like it wasn't like it still looked like a christmas tree um and like still triangle shaped and whatever and then and then you have to go through and time it properly so that it died after christmas yeah (laughs) and then mum got sick of using the live ones and she convinced dad to buy a christmas like a synthetic christmas tree second hand and it shedded I think, is it the same one we still use today? I thought mum replaced it. No, we did replace it about four years ago. Yeah. And then we replaced it again. Um, And this one still sheds, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You can't can't escape the pine needles, even if it's not a proper pine tree. Yeah. Mum's big complaint about the Christmas tree is that it sheds. And then finding a corner to put it in. And, like... I don't think any of us were at home to decorate the Christmas tree. For context, James and I have moved out of home about 20 minutes away. And we don't have a Christmas tree in our place. But at our parents' place, they set up the Christmas tree a couple weeks, a week or so ago now. uh, Because mum's thing is, because we're Catholics, mum's thing is we don't set up the Christmas tree until after Advent, which is the four-week preparing time for Catholics um, start so usually it starts late November early December 
Um, and so mum set up the Christmas tree with the kids. But what does setting up the Christmas tree look up like for us? It's a bit of a mess at the moment. Well, chaos and keeping the children away from eating the Christmas tree. We have like this weird mix of like really precious, old, expensive, like decorations. And then the ones we've made at school. <laughs> and the Christmas tree is stuffed to the brim with decorations. I don't think it even looks like a Christmas tree anymore. Like we don't have much tinsel um, because the tinsel's quite old. The Christmas lights we replaced this year, but in previous years, they, I accidentally convinced my mother to buy 80 metres worth of Christmas lights. Uh, and so then we would have to like go through the whole process of unravelling it, folding it in half, and then wrapping around the Christmas tree up and then back down. Uh, 15,000 times. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it was a whole process, and it usually ends in everyone but like two or three people giving up. Because it's just too hard. But, you know, it, no, I think it's it's not the highlight of Christmas, setting up a Christmas tree. Highlight of Christmas is the Christmas breakfast. But, like, going back to the definition of what a Christmas tree is, we were, we climbed a bit of a mountain this afternoon and we were walking back and it was just after the sunset, so, like, lights and things were coming on. And James, you pointed out, and goes, that's a Christmas tree. And I think our definition, our definition of a Christmas tree a chat has is not the you know it's something green with lights on it and anything random you've checked on yeah so for example there's this huge hoop pine in the center of town that they've decorated with christmas lights and stuff now it is a typical pine tree it's you know shaped in the shape of a christmas tree but because it's got lights and stuff on it it becomes a christmas tree Big without green the decorations thing. yeah big green thing shiny and has lights and, Christmas you know, tree. In more tropical climates where having, or like people who can't really afford or don't really want to have a Christmas tree, people will decorate palm trees quite a lot. I think that's one of the more common kinds of trees that people decorate. It's cool though. Um, the different, um, it's cool though the different decorations you can get around the house. Like our grand passed away in 2002, so a year before I was born. Um, but we've got sitting in our house because our dad's the oldest of his family, so our granny's dad's mum. We've got a nice knitted set of the nativity, which our grand knitted, um, and that was their Christmas decorations. It's amazing to see what, like, as Sam mentioned before, we've got those expensive antique Christmas ornaments, and they just bring... They, the, they bring uh, the adults so much anxiety over the kids wrecking them, but they bring us so much like joy saying, my grand made this. And it's beautiful. Like, it's really nice. And admittedly, with age, it's kind of like fallen apart and things like that. But it's, it's very nice. Moving on, uh, Charlie asks, uh, do we go caroling? I go caroling by playing music. I play tuba. I can't play music because um, I would not like, uh, I don't have the self confidence to sing in front of other people. Therefore, I sit behind uh, 15 kilos worth of metal. It's the best. Yeah, it's very interesting. Like, because college football, I think, I'm not 100% sure. From my understanding, college football season finishes roughly uh, like mid to late November. That doesn't make sense, though, because the Super Bowl is in, like, February or March. Ice hockey starts. 
Um, but you know, normal the normal band season, the marching band season, kind of finishes up, and they've got this weird section over the winter break where they kind of then end up doing Christmas songs or like you know Christmas gigs or winter galas, or whatever. We end up doing quite a lot of Christmas music, so we still play you know God yes you rest you merry gentlemen, you know joy to the world, um, uh, away in a manger, all your traditional Christmas carols in music form because. As musicians, we end up having our end-of-year concerts around a couple of weeks before Christmas. So, for example, our, James and I are in a band at the moment, and our end-of-year concert is next week, as of the time of recording. Actually, as of the time of publishing as well. So it's mine, um, actually. Um, we've, got, we've got our band breakup and Christmas carols on the 18th. Yeah. But it's like, it's really interesting because we do these, and it's like our end-of-year kind of huzzah. It's not like we don't show our best pieces off. We kind of go a bit Christmassy, a bit more lighthearted because our more intense concerts usually happen in the October range, uh, about three quarters of the way through the year because, I don't know, that's where bands normally act at their peak. But, like, caroling in general, I don't think it happens in Australia. Like I, I, I am yet to see a group of people go out on the street and sing carols. Uh, it's always been organised, from what I've seen. It's always been a concert rather than caroling. Because mm-hmm. um, no one gives a shit in Australia. <laughs> Everyone takes the Christmas holidays to get pissed as fuck. Well, yeah. There is a drinking culture to keep in mind. It so. is the best. Like, uh, as an 18-year-old who... Oh, you guys have to wait until 21. Gang, gang. In Australia. <laughs> <laughs> we, we get to start drinking when we're 18. So we're all... So, my, my twin brother and I are very immature drinkers at the moment, but um, best of fun. Hey, our it, audience, well, Sam's audience, is not just America, so I don't know what other places do. Europe, I don't know when Europe gets to drink, but I feel like Europeans are cool, so... Depends what country you're in. Yeah, it depends what country. Um, but, like, I think for most, like, most of those contro- controlled substances... The, the legal age depends on the country, but it's usually between 18 and 21. So, like, but, like, from the from the drinking habits of, you know, at least our family and our friends, it's, Christmas is the one time of year where drinking earlier in the day is more appropriate. Not that people get completely wasted on Christmas. They kind of try to save it for New Year's a week later, where people just get completely wasted. But, um... The goal is to be drunk by success. Well, and this is the thing, um, uh, you know, Christmas Day is a short day for us. Like, as much as the sun comes up at ridiculous o'clock and goes the down. Tri- and- the children come up as, like, yeah. as the sun comes up. And I very much appreciate this a bit more. appreciate the fact that adults put up with this. I love my sleeping on Christmas Day. As much as I get pulled out of bed by saying, we're doing presents now. But, like, children on Christmas Day, growing up with children in the house, the sun is up, presents! I want presents! But Go to bed! <laughs> yeah. And like, <laughs> I want two hours more sleep, please! It's only- Go away! It's 5am! <laughs> it's more like 4.30, let's be honest. Yeah. But like, we've been up Christmas Eve, you know, Christmas Eve as well, a Catholic let's talk about a Christmas. Let's talk about our family Christmas Eve traditions because um, uh, uh, it's... Um, 
But I think our Christmas Eve traditions are quite interesting. So as as our family are Catholics, we all go to Mass on Christmas Eve. Now, normally like an evening Mass on like a for a weekend or something is on a, like a Saturday night or something like that. Um, and usually at about 6 p.m. Now, we don't go to the 6 p.m. Mass for Christmas Eve because it's children's Mass. And as musicians, it is highly distracting to watch children perform music. Now, it might be cute for their parents. It might be really nice and a great opportunity. I understand that. But we prefer to go to the 8 p.m. Mass, which is a little later in the night, and kind of enjoy the service. Yeah, because all the children are asleep. (laughs) Yeah, they're on the way out. And then we get home, and we get home by like 9.15-ish, because the service ends up going for a little longer. In Australia, each capital city hosts their own carols by candlelight at different days approaching Christmas. And Melbourne's one happens on Christmas Eve. It's also the best. It is the best one, because every professional musician and their dog are there. The Australian children's choir and... Uh, and plus especially from Adults Choir are there, uh, and it is hosted by the biggest t- biggest celebrities in morning TV news. I don't know how they're still up at midnight, um, because they're going to be up at 3am the next morning. But, to do um, the news! Not that, that, not that I think, I think the substitutes do it the next day. But it's very interesting that, um, you know, we do this, and then... Uh, and so we come home just in time for the, usually the last hour of that program... And we watch it. And it's really, really nice. Uh, and the kids kind of go to bed. We, we mom watch and dad, mom, So mum and dad don't drink often at home. Mm-hmm. But on Christmas Eve, they'll crack open a wine or a, or a special special, special uh, cocktail that they've yeah. been saving or a special spirit that they've been saving. Uh, and, you know, they'll sit down and be, be, be a cute couple. Which yeah. is very nice to watch. It's very so nice. sit down and dad will sit down and put her arm, his arm around her. and you know. it, it kind of, you know, as chaotic as the lead up to Christmas is because most schools don't finish until, you know, a week before Christmas. The state schools do. Um, uh, private schools kind of finish a little bit beforehand. There's like present buying to happen. And usually dad has spent Christmas Eve running around buying presents because he hasn't bought any presents because... He's dad. He's just he just doesn't get around to it because um, he works. Because yeah. he's amazing. Our dad is the best. I love. But him. like, it's so nice to sit down and the aircon's usually on because it's still stinking hot at eight nine o'clock at night. Um, stinking hot for Queensland. It's like I've been living out in, in well, Hell Springs it's, where it's like forty five degrees on Christmas Eve, which is like. You, uh, oh, Fahrenheit, they're going to convert it's like 105, 110. 45 degrees to Fahrenheit. You got it? It's not quite 100 degrees. I think 47 or 48 is 100 degrees. No. It's high. <laughs> you convert it the wrong way. 113 degrees Fahrenheit is Christmas Day in Alice Springs. Admittedly, there's a difference between having a humid heat, which we, you and I experienced in the extreme the other night, because uh, we got stuck in Darwin trying to fly here. Um, but um, a dry heat, you know, it's interesting because I think it dissipates quite a lot faster. Whereas we get home, and half the reason we put the air conditioning on is to dry the room out because it's just real muggy. And you know, we're wearing nice formal clothes, so usually I'm in long pants and a long shirt. Uh, we're all wearing collared shirts and things like that. 
Uh, we get into our pajamas and we sit into our summer pajamas, you know, the shorter shorts we own and the most beat up shirt we own. Um, and we sit down and we watch the carols and it's really, really nice. I actually really enjoy it. And, you know, as much as I think we avoid a lot of the, the winter carols, it's all, a lot of it is like kind of religious or, uh, like, well, it's there's, just, yeah. there's three types of carols. There's Santa, and he may be doing something not so kid-friendly, but it's a, it's a upbeat <laughs> song, so I guess uh, there's the religious ones, and there's the snow ones. So we kind of miss the snow ones, but get the other two. My annoyance with Christmas music is that they're always saying, Mummy's kissing Santa Claus. I'm annoyed that Mrs. Claus is sitting at home with no fun at all. How do so, you know she's not a hooker? What happened? Yeah, you know. So is Mrs. Claus getting some action on St. Christmas Eve? <laughs> like, you know, she's got a, she's got a, ple- you know, she's, she's, I don't know if she's pulled much. She's pulled a fat old man who walks around in a red and white suit. But, you know. I always imagine Mrs. Claus the, as Mrs. Like- Claus is... Mrs. Claus has got dedication to her every night of the year. She's not going to pull a night off just because it's Christmas. She needs someone kissing. I saw Daddy kissing Mrs. Claus, but that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> when I do it, it's wrong. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. And then you get the carols finishing, and then everyone goes to bed. And you've got to be and go then to bed there's or one or two kids up. Who haven't wrapped their presents. No, 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 no. It's The kids are the problem. The problem is our parents who have not wrapped any presents. I always bought the presents. I always. I, I remember. I'm kind of doing... I'm doing this this year for someone, though, so I can't really give him too much shit. But um, when you get a piece of paper saying, this is in the mail. Actually, this is a really good life hack. If you haven't ordered stuff online... Before Christmas, my dad did this to me, to my older brother, and it's a sound. He's done it to me. He's done it to a few other people too, but it works really well because you get the right present. If you haven't sorted something online, by the time you've heard this, you're like, oh crap, I've got to, I really wanted to get this for this person, mm-hmm. but it hasn't come in the mail yet. What you do is you go, you order it, and you take a screenshot, and you say, and, and you give them a letter in an envelope or something, and they, they think, oh, I'm going to get $100 or something. Uh, not that we ever get $100, but... Um, <laughs> it's always the thought. But you, like open maybe, it up, yeah. you open it up and you say, oh, I haven't got my present. But you open it up and, and Dad's just like, hey, I got you this. It's in the mail. It's not here yet. But it's, you know, he's got me a, um, he's got me a you know, a model airplane that flies... Or, or I think at one stage he gave a subscription to Monopoly. Uh, not Monopoly. Monopoly. Subscription to the Monopoly. Um, yeah. A brain training website called Lumosity, which I, I don't know. On the whole, it was a good idea. I really liked it. I don't think I used it as much as I should have. But it was really interesting. I really liked it. Okay. Moving back to questions we've been asked. <laughs> nice. I'm so very sorry. I, I do appreciate your questions. I just... And we're very good. I'm the I'm I'm very good at talking about stuff that doesn't doesn't yeah. relate to the original topic. Um. So I asked this on my personal Instagram. So to my friends, uh, so they're mostly Australian. Um. So our friend uh, TJ, who uh, 
runs Opia, which is the art um, place that does the lo- the amazing, amazing logo for uh, Content and Capable, uh, as well as some really amazing local Brisbane bands. Um, uh, so TJ asks, why does it have to be hot? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Because you got a bunch of sexy Australians. And We're going to so, show off our sexy muscles. I'm the only one with muscles here. We, we got to go to the beach. Well, this is the thing. And this is the thing that pisses me off about Australian Christmases. And especially where we, exactly where we live. So we live halfway between the city and the beach. So we get the worst of the traffic. And I think it might, mostly on Boxing Day, because Boxing, Christmas Day and Boxing Day are public holidays in Australia. Christmas Day is when everyone either is going out camping or is sitting at home doing nothing. <laughs> so everyone ends up going to the beach on either Christmas Day or Boxing Day. Now, we don't because we know that it's stupid to travel anywhere on Christmas Day or Boxing Day. But, like, you know, everyone wants to, wants to go to the beach. So a lot of people end up going to the beach for Christmas at some stage. We don't because it's just because a hassle. Can you imagine being the parent of 10 children going to the beach? You're going to make sure the four-year-old isn't drowning. You're going to make sure the six-year-old isn't drowning the four-year-old. You're going to make sure the... 20-year-old isn't drowning the 18-year-olds. You've got to make sure the 16-year-old isn't drowning the 14-year-old. And you've got to make sure that the 10-year-old is not terrorizing the jellyfish slash turtle slash crab. It's, and then you've got to re- make sure the other 18-year-old isn't, isn't almost killing himself by jumping off a cliff in the water. Um, but it's, it's really interesting. We don't go to the beach over Christmas. We probably... I got my license the week before Christmas, my learners, and we did a lot of beach stuff on the lead up to Christmas. We'd go up to the beach. Dad likes to try to go to the beach every day. He's got a day off. We'll go in the morning. Um, so we'll Dad be- usually saves up his leave and takes two weeks off over Christmas and New Year's. Mm. Um, then we'll so- go to the beach. We go to the beach every day except for the day that everyone's at the beach. So, like, we'll go... The, the way that Dad does it, he's, he, he tries to leave the house at, like, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. Be so, the, the teenagers don't usually go because they're lazy as hell. But, like, you know, beat all the crowds, go to the beach, have fun, be back in time for lunch. And it's just, you know, it's so much better. And I think that, you know, it's a cornerstone to Australian culture. You spend your summer going to the beach and enjoying your time there. And it's... I think that, you know, Americans may not understand it. And there are some people, you know, the people we know who don't enjoy the beach. I think this comes a point where you've got to go, I've just got to force myself to accept that I'm going to go to the beach. I may feel uncomfortable, but in the end, it's a good time because you get to spend all this lovely time. The only thing is we get ridiculously sunburnt and we've got to always be putting sun cream on. And I hate putting sun cream on myself because... It's like all this extra oil, and it definitely makes my skin flare up a little bit. It's annoying. So, in our family, we have a gene that comes through. So, our uncle has got got olive skin. Um, Doesn't get sunburnt. Doesn't get sunburnt. But but that's been passed down to... So, it's half been passed down to, like, Sam. Sam's got 50% olive skin, 50%. Um, really, really I pale skin, but I, our younger brother Oliver has has the olive skin gene, which comes out every generation, at least one person. Um, and so he comes here and we slap all this sunscreen on him, and he doesn't get sunburnt. And he's like, you know, he's six. 
He doesn't. He's seven. He's seven. He doesn't. He's seven. He doesn't appreciate the fact that he doesn't get sunburned. But I rock up and I'm plastering every two hours and plastering 15 kilos worth of sunscreen <laughs> onto my skin. And I still get sunburnt at the end of the day and come home and, you know, typical brothers, I'll walk up to my twin or my older brother. Uh, I'll walk up to James or Sam and I'll go, I'll slap them the hardest and they'll go, ah! And then See, they'll come along to me later and slap me and go, I'll go, ah! See, in Brisbane at the moment, because of... La Nina, um, it's been really rainy in Brisbane. Like, we're getting a lot more storms. It's a lot more grey. We don't get the full sun. We're here in Central Australia. um, It's the middle of the desert. We don't get a lot of clouds, whatever. Um, We went for a ride. We went riding around town yesterday, and I got a little bit red. Now, the boys are... Where almost, James put some, was wearing a long sleeve shirt, so he didn't get sunburned. William was riding around. William, William hates. So I hate sunscreen. Yeah. Terrible for the Central Australia because that's where you get sunburned. But I hate sunscreen with a burning passion. So yeah. I rode around in shirt, shorts and a t-shirt yesterday. Got incredibly sunburned. Pay the price. But hey, like, it's really interesting it because burning passion. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting because I got, you know, I got sunburnt and my skin has absorbed it and I've gotten a bit more tan. Now, we have to accept that this, you know, skin cancer is a thing. So, here in Australia, there's a huge movement about making sure you put sun cream on and preventing skin cancer. Because this is one of the biggest things that, you know, and regardless of whether you tan or not or whether how you absorb, you know, those UV rays, it still can cause cancer. So I should still be putting sun cream on regardless of how I absorb it. William and James should, still should be putting sun cream on regardless, you know, how much more sensitive they are. Our seven-year-old brother should still be putting sun cream on. But it's, you know, through that Christmas period, um, it is a lot more prevalent and we've got to be a lot more careful because the sun is out and it's more intense. You know, it's usually 30 degrees by 10 a.m. in the morning. So, um, you know, it's it's a big thing. And, you know, it's definitely part of our Christmas tradition. And the Chris- Christmas to us is synonymous with summer. So, you know, the summer things, going to the beach and stuff, are, are synonymous with each other. And so it is really a, a, a big part of our Christmas celebrations of doing summery things. Okay, I had another question from our friend Al. Um, and Al asks, why do Aussies seem to have so much pineapple in their Christmas food? Which I think goes to, sh- goes to what is Christmas, like an extension to Al's question is, what is Christmas food for us? Uh, you know, and what, what foods do we eat that are synonymous with Christmas? Portuguese hot tots. So, I uh, think, we'll address, that's got to be close, but uh, we got, we'll address pineapple first. Yes, we definitely will address pineapple first, but there are other things that we eat that are, are also synonymous with Christmas. I think pineapple, especially because it's in season at the time, like we have some, especially in Brisbane, we have a lot of pineapple plantations. And so when, you know, pineapple Brisbane. comes in season, Queensland. Thinking, Queensland, yeah. Either way, you know, we, we have a lot of pineapple plantations around. So pineapple becomes quite cheap and, you know, becomes something that is quite easy to go and get. Uh, and you, you, you head off to your local market and someone's brought a trailer or two worth in mm-hmm. uh, to sell over the course of the day. And I don't know. I think I like it. I like the fact that there's pineapple there. 
It is the one day in the well, in the year. It is one of the days in the year where you're not allowed to complain about anyone's cooking. So if they put pineapple in, they put pineapple in. Uh, but I think I think the reason we have it so much is because pineapple works on burgers. Uh, pineapple mm. works. Pineapple sort of works, like especially barbecued pineapple. Yeah. If you haven't tried it, really good barbecue. Um, you don't pineapple. even need to season it. Just put the put like just a ring of pineapple from a tin or something. Ring on. of pineapple on. Yeah, try it. It's good. It's good. And I think that like it, pineapple's not the only food that's like synonymous with Christmas. We have lots of watermelon um, because I think watermelon goes through being in season as well. Um, but the other things that like are the weird things that we buy. So that Christmas Day is a the morning of Christmas Day. For many people, is a mad rush trying to get the right seafood. So prawns is a huge thing. Now I think in America they're called shrimp, but um, um, no. no, prawns and shrimp are, shrimp are different. You do not chuck another shrimp on the barbie. We do not chuck another shrimp on the barbie. No, we get prawns. We don't eat them raw, do we? No, they're cooked. They're cooked, aren't they? I'm not sure. Do we eat? They're prawns? cooked. They're definitely cooked. I don't eat prawns, so I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. The the it's an adult food. Now that I'm finally an adult, I might be allowed to eat them, but they don't give them <laughs> to the grandkids. No, but like the the adult, you know, a lot of the time the big the big thing is we um we go and we eat. You know, prawns are and. What are the other things? Cherries? We we cherries. buy cherries. They're very this expensive. This is one time yeah. in the year that we buy cherries. At least our family. I yeah. think I've seen other people say this as well. Our parents make like a, a like an ice cream mix with pistachios and stuff in it. Um, and then like there are certain like family things that we make. So our my our parents are quite famous for their Portuguese custard tarts, which is just like a. Uh, it's a custard tart that I don't know. I don't know how it's special or anything. We, we could learn the tricks of the trade. I think we'll be expected to continue the the custard tarts. Uh, that that is only made at Christmas time as well. And you know, it's lots of nibblings because we, you know, frankly, we don't stop eating. Yeah, it, 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 you don't want to have a big meal over Christmas because. It requires too much effort, and Christmas is supposed to be a fun time, and when you're sitting there, it's like, you know, I think this is what many people have problems with Thanksgiving, is you make this huge meal to sit down and eat, and it's so much stress for you as the person who's hosting, creating all this food, and it becomes this, like, big process that, you know, is not required, but at the same time, you know... At Christmas, if everyone contributes, or we make low-effort things, so I think in our family, when we're doing Christmas Home Alone, we will make... We'll have potato gems and chicken wings, maybe. Um, like pre-seasoned chicken wings that just go stuck in the oven or like chicken bites or something. And um, bread knob with like special cheese sauce. So like really unhealthy stuff. As long, as well bread as... Bread knob being uh, the name we give to... Uh, we get... I think they call it a... Bread a bread knob. knob. Yeah. They, the, it's basically... A bun of bread. A round loaf. Uh, a round loaf. And we cut out the middle and we put like, I don't know what kind of, it's... It's a mixture of chicken noodle soup, sour cream, cream, and maybe... It's it's the yeah. dip. It's it's when you get the bread and make and the cheese. bread the dip. Yeah. Like, the bread is the bowl. You always make a mess though. 
It is a huge. You make mess. it make the bread a ball, and everyone dips the bread into the the middle bit of the bread, and you end up eating yeah. the bowl that the that the dip was in. Yeah, it's it's really yummy, and I really enjoy it. That's but, another um, yeah, another thing, another Christmas thing. Yeah, I think it's really interesting though because like we all have it, but I think different families have vastly different things. At least in Brisbane, um, vastly different things. But it's like locally, like. These things are related to Christmas. Yeah, like in our heads, at least with our families, that this is what Christmas looks like. And, you know, we do presents and we might have waffles or pancakes for breakfast because the summer fruits are then in season. So you got your raspberries and your blueberries and your strawberries that have been in season. Uh, and we have them and, you know, pancakes and waffles, which, you know, would consider, be considered like a winter thing, but I don't know, we just eat them. Um, I think my mum, who's gluten-free, has bacon and eggs uh, for her breakfast. And that's our big meal at the day. So we have, like, a big breakfast after presents. And then we kind of kind of snack through the day. And then at the afternoon, I think once it hits, like, 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we sit down and watch a movie or two. Um, watch a couple of movies and, and retire early for the night. Die Hard 1, Die Hard 2. Christmas movies. Yes. I I've, think- got, I've got to watch those. I'll make it... This year. This year. This year, I'm going to watch the Christmas movies. Die Hard. Got to do it. And if you know any good Christmas movies that you want to suggest, DM, oh, no. DM Content and Capable on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Oh, and, no. And we will. And maybe, maybe we might do an extra special episode over the holidays reviewing a Christmas movie in like the Movie Night Crew network, the Movie Night Crew style. Well, we're kind of drawing to a close in the questions that we've got. Um, I, I got a question from Shutterbug underscore Scribe90. They asked, how do you reconcile that Christmas is a winter holiday and we're having out that holiday in the summer? We sort of bask in the funniness of it not being summer. We sort of take full advantage of, ha, it's a winter holiday. But we're in Australia. We're too cool. Yeah, I think we're Christmas... too cool for it. Christmas usually happens at, like, the hottest part of summer. You know, summer summer lasts from the start of December through the end of February. Um, and, you know, it's not the middle of summer, but it's usually the hottest part of summer. Uh, and, you know, by the time January hits, the weather systems have moved enough that I think it, it kind of cools, either cools down a little bit or bushfires or something else happens, like a natural disaster. And I think by the time you get, you know, by the time you get to Christmas, it's all about keeping cool. So these these songs about Christmas being wintry, uh, these, you know, these ideals or like the way that, you know, we see Americans in television and movies celebrate Christmas in a wintry fashion kind of encourages us to keep cool. And we like, like, it's Christmas in the end, is all about keeping cool and enjoying time with friends and family. Uh, you know, as much as, the, you know, we've mentioned a couple of times that, uh, you know, it's got religious attachments to it as well. The majority of our celebration, on Christmas Day at least, is about friends and family because it's the one time of year that we regularly meet up with our, the whole of our family. Uh, you know, we might have birthdays or funerals or celebrations throughout the year, that uh, that the majority of our family would meet up by, but the the Christmas time is the the, the time of year that our 
our whole family meets up and we make the commitment, you know, admittedly Will's moving back to Brisbane, but we, you know, we we have this, uh, we must celebrate Christmas together because it's about our family. It's about catching up with each other. It's about enjoying each other's company. As much as, you know, we might not like our siblings, we might, we might struggle to get along with people, it's about bringing the family back together and enjoying each other's time before, you know, life gets hectic again. Mm, getting together, giving presents and drinking booze. It says Hazar Cheers. It'll be yeah. my first time. First time joining in on the Australian tradition of once the kids are done, yeah, drinking. Yeah. Um, although, you know, the, 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 the saying is it's always five o'clock somewhere, so... Um, Always beer. Wow. I am a youngster, so youngsters are ruining beer, so don't like beer. <laughs> Admittedly, I am drinking. I shouldn't talk about that. That'll alienate our viewers. Yeah. But, like, uh, the other thing we haven't touched on, and I'm surprised people didn't ask questions about this, maybe it's a very Australian thing, but Christmas lights... It's huge here in Australia. Not like everyone gets involved. I think but America does it too. Yeah. But uh, we can we really get, like, there are short, newspapers run shortlists of the best Christmas lights in the region. And, you know, it's all about who has the best Christmas lights to display this year. You know, how enjoyable is it? And I vividly remember one one year organising that Christmas list, that list of of Christmas lights that we were going to go watch. And it was fascinating to watch, uh, you know, look at these Christmas lights, you know, Santas or nativity scenes or, um, you know, presents or like fancy laser displays or whatever. And going to show the, the, the artistic expression of Christmas and what Christmas means to people. Just choose a neighborhood and drive around. I don't know if other countries do it. No, yeah, I'm not sure. Driving, yeah, people put up their Christmas lights and like you drive around, you you drive around your local area, uh, going to go look at Christmas lights. And then by like Boxing Day, it's all over. People are packing up their Christmas lights. Yeah, <laughs> but like it's really interesting for like the second half of December. It's on, on for young and old. Uh, I was catching the bus home from the city the other night. And we passed by this house that was fully decked out in Christmas lights. And everyone on the bus, there was like four or five of us, it was like two or eight, it was like midnight. Um, all like five of us on the bus turned around and looked at the lights like, oh, this is cool. Uh, and I was like, oh, we definitely, you know, should take the younger kids on like a, a nighttime tour. I remember, I think it must have been around my birthday because my birthday is the week before Christmas. Um, uh, I, I, we went and did Christmas light shopping and uh, not Christmas light shopping, we viewed a whole bunch of Christmas lights and we passed by my grandmother's house and she gave me presents for my birthday. I don't know whether it was actually my birthday or not, regardless, but like I have vivid memories of going and watching Christmas lights and I think it's one of those things about Christmas in Australia that's really cool. You sit in your car and you drive around, you might go, you know, some of them are a bit more interactive as you go and watch the Christmas lights or you go in and see the interactive stuff or, you know, other ones you just pass by on the street, like, like you know, 5Ks an hour and, and looking at it and it's like, oh, this is so pretty and this is so cool. 
I think it's something that people get a real kick out of because it's like a really interesting form of expression of art. But something I I, I think I don't know. I think this is universal. I would would not be surprised if I'm wrong, but you've got neighborhoods with every single house is decked out except for maybe one or two and then there's neighborhoods where there's one or two that are decked out oh yeah um, it's, a, it's a bit hidden and so like i think as we become more environmentally conscious of like the impacts of things and some people who have been like decorating you know there was that house on the main road uh outside of the school where this guy would set up the most elaborate christmas display in the suburb um, and then he stopped doing it and he gave away all his lights. Um, but, you know, there are some people out, you know, who put effort in and they get tired of it after a little while. Um, I was talking to some locals here in Alice Springs and they were saying, you know, there are some people who put on some Christmas displays or Christmas themed stuff who are getting a bit tired of doing it every year and, you know, they need a little bit more help or something to do with it. And so those things are kind of disappearing. And I think that... At some stage, we're going to have to pick up the slack that our, the older generations have and put in the effort um, of really, you know, this is what Christmas is, this is what Christmas means to us, pres- preserving the, the cultures around Christmas. All those Christmas lights, man. Some people spend days setting those up. Yeah, it's really interesting. I love it. Like, as much as I could never do it myself, I do not have the brain power or the creativity to put on a, a really creative light display. It's so interesting. And I really enjoy going and watching it. So there was that time where I'll edit this out. But the teacher that was fired, Mr. McKenzie, I saw him and his wife and their children after the whole he got, Yeah, all well, the, the, the disgusting shenanigans from our school happened. Um, and I looked at the fuck. Um, anyway. Yeah, and, and then you see some people that you know going Christmas, like looking at Christmas lights. There's like the big ones of the a little bit, a little bit in the city of um, people with their houses and their backyards, and they do it up good and proper, and that's wild. You like meet meet your friends up there for no good reason. Yeah. Like, hey, how are you? How are you? What are you doing here? Oh, younger siblings? Yeah, I'm going younger siblings too. It's really interesting because it's also a really great time for, like, religious organisations to fundraise. And as much as, like, religious organisations may have a troubled past, you know, they're non-profit, they don't, you know, they don't have many profit-making ventures that, you know, a lot of it's outreach stuff and the money gets reinvested into stuff. So, you know, th- I'm thinking about... Um, there's a church around the corner from where we live currently that puts in a very impressive light display, you know, um, and we've performed there a couple of times, uh, and it's a very, like, fancy display and very fancy stuff, um, and it makes them money. Like, they earn... That's how they earn their money for the year because no, no other time people feel like donating to that church or buying paraphernalia from that church. But at Christmas time, because everyone's kind of in the Christmas spirit, you know, whether it's Santa themed or Jesus themed or whatever, people want to buy it. And uh, it's a really great opportunity for some people to make good cash. Hmm. Good old Christmas time. Ah, yeah. And, yeah, no, Christmas lights are... I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've seen plenty of movies talking about how Christmas lights are done up and all that stuff. Like, just in the background, and... Yeah, it's interesting. 
I think we gotta we you 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 gotta get you gotta get worldwide Christmas, Sam. There we go. Next year or the year after? Worldwide Christmas. Get someone on from each continent or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, to go back to the to go back to the start of the entire podcast, I might I might retry my my Christmas in ten word ten words. Uh, but not in ten words. And more drunk. And more drunk. Um Christmas I found in Australia is about getting together with your family, talking smack, drinking, because we're Australian, we're gonna drink. <laughs> Uh, to our heart's content. And the gift giving, which is really, I found, is really important to the kids. Bit more of a fun thing for the adults that we kind of do. Uh, and it gives us a chance to, to give presents to, to those we really, we really be meaning to. The other important part to Christmas, uh, for, for all of us is, um, really acknowledging where we've come from and where we've grown over the year. Christmas, because it's a week out from New Year's, is this kind of time where we realise that, you know, we reflect on the year that's been and we look at, you know, what's went wrong, what's went well, and we appreciate, you know, everything. You know, yeah. for, for example, in the past year, I was reflecting on this the other day on the lead up to Christmas, I was reflecting on the podcast, and if you're on the Movie Night Crew Network Discord, you probably heard this, but I was really, really grateful for the opportunity that Christina gave me in March, April, May of this year, where she approved my, you know, my, my pitch for a podcast, and I, I started workshopping it and creating it for releasing, uh, late, you know, late May, early June, and what that, and the opportunities that it's given me, as well as, you know, really great stories I've written as a journalist, really, really great interview experiences I have, job hunting, my transition from a toxic workplace to a really, really appreciative workplace where everyone, you know, is working together and things like that. And, you know, there have been so many changes over the past year that, you know, I can look back on as Christmas comes around and New Year's, but New Year's is more of a time to get drunk, whereas Christmas is like a time to be thankful. And I can look back at it and go, I'm really thankful that, you know, I was given this opportunity to create this amazing podcast. Uh, I had this opportunity to speak with these amazing people and learn from them. Uh, I had this opportunity to innovate. I had this opportunity to go and travel the, the country and experience different parts of the country. Um, you know, I've had this opportunity to learn what it's like living by myself and, and learn some things about myself that I didn't quite realize. And, you know, for those people there who might feel lonely through Christmas or might struggle through this holiday season, what I suggest to you is think about how far you've come, no matter whether it's, you know, you, you've done something really small or you've done something really, really big and meaningful. And Christmas is more about, to me, being thankful and sharing the, the, the delight and happiness of, of, of joy to people and really making people understand how beautiful they are. 
Because everyone is beautiful. Everyone has these amazing stories that they tell and everyone deserves to know that they, you know, have contributed really beautifully to society. And while, you know, you sitting here listening may feel like you're a terrible person you or like you've had a terrible year or something bad has happened, it, it, you know, if you look at the overall good things have happened and we can be thankful for that. And I think that's maybe what Thanksgiving operates as in America. Christmas is sort of a time of rest, to be honest. Like, you know, you can wake up and not feel like you've got, you know, you've got this application to do and this, you know, you're not, you're not relaxing on work time and you don't have to organize this because no one's doing anything on Christmas. Christmas is kind of just, yeah, time of rest, time to be able to chill out and go, what the hell? It's Christmas. Yeah. Thank you so much, William and James, for coming on Content Capable. At this point in the night, we've been recording for almost two hours. Where can people find you on the internet? And has there been anything that um, you've been re- consuming recently that you want to plug? James, you go first. If you can find me on the internet, you can DM me. If not, you can email contentedcapablepod at gmail.com and I will pass on the message. <laughs> I like to plug an amazing, I believe he's a Scotsman on YouTube. He's, his name is um, Mike Boyd. I've been watching him for a few years and he just, uh, he learns things pretty quickly. Uh, but speed runs life side quests. And uh, he's, he's just um, recently been getting back into looking at mountain bike things and that's one of my hobbies and uh i i don't know i think i think whatever reach he can get is is well deserved okay will um what about you um if you want to follow me on twitter not that i post much uh um i'm hellfire chief at hellfire underscore chief um i before e except after c you know that all jazz um yeah, that's about the only public space I'm on. If you're into games or psychology or school stuff, go and watch Daryl Talks Games on YouTube. He's epic and I love him. He's the best. Well, you can find me at sam.the.journalist on TikTok and Instagram. And on Twitter, you can find me at samobjournalist. This week, I'm going to plug Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm about halfway through Season 2, trying to catch up and watch all the way up to the end of Season 3 before my free trial of Paramount Plus uh, expires. Go watch Mob Psycho. No. Go watch Mob Psycho 100. It's an anime, so if you cringe at that, that's all right. I didn't really care too much. But it's a great show. Season 3 is coming out in 2022. Epic. 100% recommend. Well, thank you, James and William, so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate talking all things about Aussie Christmas to you guys. Uh, I can't wait um, to spend Christmas with you two as family, um, but I also can't wait to see what 2022 brings you as the final episode for Content and Capable. I also want to thank you guys, the listeners. It's been really amazing, um, the amount of community who have come together, the amount of people who have may have never interacted with the Movie Night Crew uh, Network uh, 
podcast before, uh, as well as the existing community who have been so supportive of me uh, and my creative endeavors. I really appreciate it. It's a really great chance to sit down and chat with people uh, and, and find out what life's experiences look like and what people's perspectives on those experiences look like. Um, I can't wait to see what 2022 brings and I assure you there are some amazing episodes that are coming out and bring on uh, another amazing year of content creation. I cannot wait to see what the year looks like. There are so many cool things coming up and so many cool projects I'm working on that I can't wait to share. Thank you, William James, for being on so much. Thanks for your continued support. Thank you for listening to Content and Capable. You can follow the podcast socials at content, the letter N, capable, on Instagram and Twitter. You can send a super boring email to us through contentandcapablepod at gmail.com. The art was done by Opia. You can follow them on opia underscore art on Instagram. Opia is spelled O-P-I-A. Feel free to message them about making art for your project. Our music was written, recorded, and edited by Nora Strauss-Reeds. You can find Nora at Kane underscore I, that's I as in the body part, on Instagram and Twitter. Feel free to message her about making music for your project or editing your podcast. I'm proud to be a part of the Movie Night Crew Network, which features the Restricted section, a chapter-by-chapter Harry Potter pod with lots of spoilers all the time, Of the Eldest Gods, a chapter-by-chapter Rick Verodin pod full of myths and legends, My Cabbages, an Avatar podcast that follows the true hero of Avatar The Last Airbender, the Cabbage Cart Guy, Fandoms Gone Wrong, a show that discusses all things fandoms, and the Movie Night crew. Join some friends as they react to to some terrible, some meh, and some really great movies. Alrighty. It's movie night. Grab your popcorn. Grab your coffee. Grab your friend. Grab a cat. Let's go. Who directed this? What year did it come out? Is that that girl from that show? Who wrote this? Where's the cat? Who would you rather bang? Pass the popcorn. Does this pass the Bechdel test? What about the Steve Buscemi test? Does a woman literally speak in this movie? Oh my god, a dog. This reminds me of in Harry Potter when... Are we recording? What do the critics say? It's a guilty pleasure. What's your rating? Can you be quiet? Oh my god. Movie night crew. It's just like watching movies with your friends. And then arguing about it after. Every Sunday, wherever you get podcasts. Content and Capable is a podcast all about answering the question, how do you adult? Don't forget to rate and review it on your favorite podcatcher, and I will see you next Monday for another episode. That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Apologies to the viewers for the quality of this podcast.